We welcome our KKDV listening audience, 1060 AM on your radio dial. We are Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, located at 1720 J Street, the corner of J and Doolittle. We invite you to come and worship with us Saturdays at 11.15 AM to worship our God and the beauty of his holiness. Our speaker today is both our interim pastor and youth pastor. He is married to Rosa Delaguila. They have a son, Junai, who is quickly approaching his first birthday. And Rosa, for the audience who don't know you, would you please stand? And give her an amen. The next voice you will hear after the worship and song is Pastor Russell Lee Wars. What if this was the last sermon you would hear? The gospel had been preached to every man, woman, and child, and Jesus was soon to place his foot on the Mount of Olives and come to take us home to the place he had prepared for us. As we listen to the sermon, just know that it's a very good possibility just open our hearts and be receptive to what the man servant has to speak to you today. God's blessing.
church. I want to thank the music department blessing us blessing us today. are very quiet when you're not here. So we thank you for waking them up and for making our worship all the more enriching. I'd like us to pray right now. Father, thank you for your Sabbath. This is indeed the day you have blessed. And regardless of what's happening around us, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for my family, for them caring for me, comforting me, loving me. Thank you for my family. Amen. We have been looking at the matter of family and its importance to abundant life. Part of our core required uh, beliefs here at Abundant Life is found on the back of your bulletin. As Seventh-day Adventists, as Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventists, our core, one of our core beliefs, values, is found there. I want us to read it together. It's on the back of your bulletin. See it there? Family. Let's read that together, first of all. Start things off. Let's go. We believe the larger church family is no stronger than its all biblical approved types of families are. Amen. 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 And we believe that. That's one of our core values. As such, we have been dealing with the family since the last Sabbath of September. I preached on the subject, for better or for worse. Then we invited an outside speaker to come in, Tiffany, to talk to us, Dr. Bourne, Marva Bourne, to talk to us on the importance of taking care of our singles in the family. And the report I got was that you were blessed. Then I will be dealing with the subject of family today once more. And uh, next Sabbath, we'll have our youth director come on down and speak to us, Courtney, on Youth Day. And on Youth Day, he'll be dealing with the youth, Melvin, 
and the family. The youth and the family. Then on Women's Day, we are looking forward to hearing our speaker look at the subject of the importance of women in the family. So we are really emphasizing the importance of what family Steve. Good to see you, man. Nice seeing you. The importance of what family means to us. Our text today, our subject as, as I'm here, is keeping love alive. What is the subject? Keeping love alive. And our text, turn over there to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 8. I want us to look at just how important families are to abundant life. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> yes, yes. The Bible says, verse 1, if, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels but have not love, I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That's verse 1. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned, nice, nice, all of that good. Or in order that I may glory, but have not love. I gain. <laughs> love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not, verse 6, rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Verse 7, love bears up under anything, and everything that comes, hallelujah, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Verse 8, I just like what verse 8 says, the first couple of words. Love never fails. That's the backdrop to what I'm about to deal with today. Keeping love, Eva, alive. You know, some people are going to find themselves lost out of the kingdom because of people. <laughs> there are a lot of us 
that are not going to make it to the kingdom because of people. And there are only two kinds of families sitting inside here today. You ready to hear them? Two family elderly. One is the healthy family, and one is the dysfunctional family. The healthy family versus the diseased family. Have you ever wondered, with all the help available from media experts, why so few couples have the secret to keeping love alive after a wedding? Now, mind you, this sermon is not dealing with just uh, married folk. It's not what you are expecting, dealing with a family. Why is it that a couple, Elder Sanford, can attend a communication workshop, hear wonderful ideas about better communication, go home the same way, with the same situation, and the same attitude, and still few have little success at trying? I believe the problem is a lot of people don't know what a healthy family looks like. <laughs> yes, we know what problems are, what pain is, uh, 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 but, but, and we know what a dysfunctional family looks like. Some of us wish we had the Bill Cosby family back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that family. I liked it when I watched the old reruns, you know, because that was definitely not my family. <laughs> definitely not my family at all. But I wished, I wished, Sister Luke, that some of those things that, that happened in the family, maybe my father could deal with some of them like, 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 like Bill, like, like, like Dr. Huxtable, you know, Theo comes home, got bad grades, and he looks at his dad, and he said, Dad, you know, I, I, I don't need to have good grades, because I'm just going to get a regular job. And Cliff, Cliff gives him an economics lesson with just a few dollars, monopoly money. And, and, he, and he shares the money, he gives him, and he asks him questions about what he would like to do with his life. And, and Theo goes off, he knows what he's doing, but at the end of the day, Cliff gets the message across to Theo and he is converted, he is convinced that bad grades in school will not get you anywhere. But for a lot of us today, that's simply not our situation. No, no, no Cliff, and, 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 and no Claire, and no children like Theo. The truth is that, that, that creating a healthy family is tough. It's demanding. It takes sacrifice. It's rough. And most couples 
weren't ready for the cold, hard truth. When they realized, Kyra, that after two years, the romantic obsession is over. Yeah. Yeah. After two years, <laughs> two years, that romantic. The only way, psychologists tell us, Erica, that it continues that romantic obsession is if it's a secret kind of love. Love in private may last a little longer. So some couples are devastated when, when, when they don't get the roses no more. When the honeys are gone and all you have is here on the wash basin. Colgate spots on the mirror. Couples fight over finances at the dinner table. Shoes don't walk to the closet, and drawers don't close themselves. Where coats don't like hangers, where a look can hurt, and a word can crush. Where intimate lovers transform into Taliban fighters, and marriages are war zones. And in some places, not abundant life, in some places, the only safe haven is church because that's the only place kind words are exchanged and an appearance of love is shown. That's the time some of us put the arm around the wife only in church. But after church, when we get home, it's different business up in this thing. Uh, praise God we have an alternate, viable alternative. There's more power for the healthy family here and hope for the family in crisis. What I submit we need is more love up in our families. Love I'm talking about is what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. It's emotional but not obsessional. This love unites reason and emotion. It unites the will and discipline. It recognizes the need for personal growth. There are just too many dysfunctional families in the church. Not enough healthy families to go around. And notice I didn't say perfect families. Because there are no perfect families, Leslie. <laughs> Every family got some dirt, boy. Every family got some issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why when people tell me they don't have a little challenge now and then, they got me worried. Because maybe they're married to themselves or they're alone. Perfect families don't exist. But healthy families are possible when you combine the necessary, Mike, ingredients. Philippians 2, 1 to 4. Let's go there. I know time is upon us. So let's, let's move swiftly. I think I can do this. Philippians 2, 1 to 4. Turn your Bibles there. Philippians 2, 1 to 4. Look in the Word of God. Philippians 2, 1 to 4. Bible says, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ... If there is any consolation of love, 
If there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, then here's the punchline. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. That sound about right, Ella Sanford. Sounds like we're ready for round table today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Healthy families serve each other. Clothes got to be washed, folded, ironed. Clothes got to be ironed. Beds need to be made. Food has to be prepared and, or purchased and served. Do we still cook? Do we still cook? There's trash to be stashed. It's Pastor Lee Ward's job. <laughs> I have to take the trash out. As established as I think I am, I have to take the trash out. Floors got to be vacuumed. Or swept or mopped. Cars need oil changes. Bills have to be paid. Clutter cleaned up. Pets cared for, and the family, the family has to deal with this no matter the size of the family. There must be shared responsibility and shared reward. But I told you the first time, some of us are not going to make it to the kingdom because of some people in our families. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, you're not going to keep me out of the kingdom. I don't care if you're talking to your wife or your husband. Tell it, neighbor. You're not going to keep me out of the kingdom. You are not doing your children any favors by letting them off the hook. Delegate age-appropriate jobs and empower them. See, the reason, the reason when we have our 16-year-olds and the big teens now and they don't want to do anything is because you never trained them before. So when they got to 16, you're talking about, uh, honey, can you, can you wash the plate out that you just... No, I don't feel like watching that. Click, 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 click. It's too late now, sister. Father... It's too late now. You just got to pray now. It's out the door. Healthy families have a regard for the virtue of service. Turn your Bibles now to Ephesians 5.21. Teaching time. Teaching, teaching, teaching. Ephesians 5.21. Come on. Ephesians 5.21. And Bible says simply, what does it say, church? Look on the screen. Say it. Submitting to one another in the? Amen. Hallelujah. Healthy families have intimate relationships. You didn't marry, Harold. You didn't marry the love of your life because it would be convenient for her to cook for you, to wash the clothes for you, wash the dishes, do the laundry, run errands, and rear your children. 
You married each other because you wanted to know and to be known. To love and to be loved. To live life together and experience life more deeply. You didn't marry somebody because you wanted a personal slave. Personal assistant. And when we talk about intimacy, there are different dimensions of intimacy, but they're all interconnected. When we talk about intimacy, we're talking about uh, uh, intellectual intimacy. Yeah, yeah. This is, this, this is when you share your thoughts. And, and, and you, you know, how, how was the week, honey? Yeah, week, week was hard, week was good. And, and the wife is talking and, and she's sharing. Gloria, you're sharing your week because you've been home with the baby. And, 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 and while you've been home, you need to share what your week was like because your week was busy. And your husband is listening now. He, he's listening. Intentional listening, not but intentional listening. You're listening, not to provide advice. Hallelujah. First time I learned that, that, that the, the sister is not always trying to find advice. She just wants me to listen. Yeah, Pastor Lee was just listening. And just listen and, and listen in, intentionally. Listen actively, not trying to get in. It is said that, 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 that for most of us, we only listen for 17 seconds before we try to get in, in, in something in there. 17 seconds. And when I found that out, that I'm just, just wanted to be listened, and you want a little to be listened to, I added more years to my life. Then there's emotional intimacy, sharing your emotions. And for us men, for us, for us men, for us men, Samuel, for, for us men, we have he emotions. He emotions. He. And, and, and we share our emotions. Yeah, we give our wives access to our world. You know, they like to get in our world. And sometimes things are frustrating. You don't want to talk right now. You don't want to talk. You just want to uh, be quiet for a moment. But they are concerned about you. And they want to know what's going on with you. It's okay to say I'm frustrated right now. Yeah, some people said some horrible things about me. And, and uh, I don't want to talk right now. It's okay to let your wife know you're very happy that she has been standing by you with your mess and your foolishness, with your arrogance. It's okay to let her know, honey, you know, I'm so grateful that you stand by me. Even with my temper, thank you for standing by me. Yeah, emotional intimacy. And if you're not willing to be hurt, don't get married. <laughs> if you are not prepared to be hurt, don't get married. Live by yourself. 
Paul says it's okay. Paul says it's fine. I wish above all things you'd be like me. You don't have to get married. If you're not prepared to be hurt, don't do it. Because you're going to be hurt. And you're going to go through some pains. You're going to have some stormy times. And you'll have to work them out. But if you're not willing to do that, don't start. Don't come for no counseling. Forget it. <laughs> then there is social intimacy. Uh, spending quality time together. I wonder if I'll be able to finish this. Spending t quality time together. Being in the same house on the computer while your kids play video games does not mean you're spending quality time together. <laughs> then, then, then there is our time, men. This is our time now. Men, men, it's our time. You, you're a married man, this is our time. It's our time right here. I'll get to everybody's time. I'll talk about the ladies already. Social, emotional, yeah, intellect, yeah, all right. Yeah, you know what's next. Physical intimacy. Husbands, you're quiet. I thought I'd get an amen. <laughs> uh, this is no secret. Husbands, we dwell more on the physical aspects of intimacy. And, and more wives, more wives dwell more on, on the emotional aspect. But that's no problem, amen? That's no problem because a husband learns to focus on the wife's emotional need for love and attention, while wives, you cooperate with the physical aspects of his needs. Can you say amen? Mm-hmm, it's a groan. That's not an amen. That's a groan. But none of this works, friends, intellectual, emotional, physical, social, because they're all dependent on spiritual intimacy. Seeking God together, sharing your thoughts, experiences, feelings, interpretations of spiritual things. And why is this important? It's important because intimacy between husband and wife spills over into the family. <laughs> Sometimes when the children act out and are grumpy, it's because you acting out and are grumpy. When intimacy is missing in the marital relationship, it messes everything up. Even your neighbors can, 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 can tell something is a little off with you. Safeguarding marriage is top priority for healthy families. They know intimacy between husband and wife serves their own needs, but provides emotional security for your children. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Are you still with me? Okay. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Yeah, yeah. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Read it with me. Read it with me. Read it. Help me. Help me preach. And you do not to, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Healthy families have responsible parents. Yes. In a healthy family, parents guide, guard their children. I don't mind people say, Pastor Lee, was you need a protective uh, about your child? 
You overprotective. Yeah, I don't mind. It's a compliment you actually just gave me. Because I know what happens to children when the parents leave them alone. You tell some people that youth should be able to take responsibility for their actions and they look at you as if you're crazy. Healthy families, the parents are dictatorial in their parenting. They're reasonable. And they communicate their expectations. Don't assume your children know what is expected of you. Tell them. Tell them what you expect. And, my sister and brother, model it yourself. Why are you not studying your Bible more? Are you studying yours? Why are you not praying more? Are you praying? Move on. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5.25. Mike, you ready for me? Ephesians 5, verse 25. Yes, yes, hallelujah. You want to read this with me? All right, read it with me, everybody. Husbands, love your just as also and gave himself. You know, suddenly I hear all the sisters reading now, Elder Odin. All of them, you know. Everybody reading now. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, husbands, healthy families, have husbands that are loving husbands who lead. The husband as a leader for, is sometimes, I find, confusing and controversial for some wives. And it isn't easy any easier when, when some husbands abuse the blessing and run their families like boot camp. Ha, ha, hoo, 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 moo, moo, ha, hop to, ha, ha. Dinner, 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 ha, 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 ha. Get down and give me 20. <laughs> but at the other extreme, saints, at the other extreme is when you have a husband who doesn't help. A husband who is passive, uninvolved, I'm going to use this word I hear a lot, outsources all or most of the family-related activities and decisions to your wife. Now, that don't help. We need responsible husbands. Can you say amen? Mm-hmm. We need dependable husbands. Can you say Amen. We need deeply committed husbands to be with their wives. Can you say amen? amen? And in that strain, I want to say, if you're asking me what a healthy husband and wife looks like, I know you wanted to know. Don't you want to know what a healthy husband and wife look like? Well, they see each other as partners. Can you say amen? they partners in the business. 
They communicate with each other. Can you say amen? Uh-huh. You put your partner as your top number one priority. Can you say amen? You love each other unconditionally. Can you say amen? And you're committed to discovering and meeting each other's needs. Can you say amen? And a loving husband and wife, healthy, they model spiritual and moral values in the family. I like to say what you give is what you get. Don't ask people to give what you're not prepared to sacrifice. You want more love, be more loving. And finally, healthy families turn to Proverbs uh, 3, verse 6. Proverbs 3, verse 6, I, I, I went ahead of you. It's on, it's on the screen. I like it when you turn your pages and kind of mark it too, you know. I know you can get the sermon or whatever, but I like you to see it because... I believe in psychology, and they say when you touch it and you see it for yourself in your own Bible, it, 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 it does a lot for your brain. It does a lot for your brain. So turn your favorite Bible there and put a little tick there or put something there. And, and, and when you've done that, then, then help me read this thing right here. Help me read this thing. It says, in all your ways, and he shall... All I'm saying right here is daily, daily worship. Daily family worship. It's not just a family that prays together, stays together. But family worship provides an environment where your children are hearing the word daily. They are praying daily. And they're giving thanks daily. You look at the dysfunctional families around you and you ask them, how is your prayer life? How is your worship life? And you will find that it's a shamble. It's a crying shame. And then you act shocked when you see your kids go crazy. Oh, Pastor Lee was, I don't know. Huh? Family worship, you know, I had the pleasure of receiving the Sabbath with the rocks last night. It was just a joy and a thrill. <laughs> and while we were going home, my, I, I, my wife and I we were saying, you know, it's so funny that all families have traditions, have family traditions, you know. Their tradition is you sing a song and then... You share something wonderful that has happened to you during the week, a blessing. And then they recite the fourth commandment. And, and then we pray. And I said, oh, uh, we, could, we could use something out of that. When you have family worship, you're passing on your spiritual genes to your children. I was impacted by that experience to incorporate something. We don't recite the fourth commandment, but that's a beautiful thing. I would like my son to be able to remember the Sabbath 
and how important that is to his family. Your children learn to read scriptures and they learn to pray and to confess their sins. They learn to sing unto God. And they leave home with memories of daily worship because of your faith. Because you searched the Bible. Because you interceded for them. And because you rejoiced in God. We need more healthy families in abundant life. Can you say amen? We need healthy families who serve. We need healthy families uh, that have intimate relationships. We need healthy families that have responsible parents. We need healthy families that have loving husbands who lead by example. And we need healthy families that are worshiping families in abundant life. And that, my friends, will change our church from the inside out. Play us something, please, would you? I want us to go home and you think I don't know we have hurting problems, hurting families in the church? I know we have some sick families, some diseased families. Some of us wish we could cut off the disease out of our families. Amputate somebody from a family and make the family better. But, but could it be that part of the problem is with you? Could it be because you are not as committed as you pretend to be? That's why you have issues in your family. Could it be some dark, twisted fantasy in your mind that's seeping out of your body into your family? Could it be that you aren't as converted as you pretend to be? And that's why your family is struggling and ripping, mangled, bleeding. I believe if we lift up Jesus in our families, that that is the bottom line of having a healthy family. Not just once per week, not just a Sabbath, but lift up Jesus every single day in your home. I wonder what would happen to abundant life if every day you brought the family together and pray. Just pray. I'm done. But we got work to do. Do we have work to do? I can, I can do better because there are no perfect families. But we can accomplish some healthy families. And perhaps you today want to stand to your feet and say, I want my family to be a healthy family. Yeah, yeah. If that's what you believe, you just stand to your feet. I want my family 
to be a healthy family. You know what I'm realizing, elders? When I go visit some old couples, been married 50, 60 years, and I see now that the golden years are upon them. They've spent all their lives together, Christina, and now it's not the obsessional kind of love anymore. That's done. Now they love each other volitionally by choice. They're in it. They're in it because they want to be in it. And I say to myself, boy, I certainly didn't see that when I was making my commitment, making my covenant before God and man, that I would have to keep love alive no matter what. And it begins not with the other person, but with me. With me, me. And when it begins with me, and when I, when I have done all that I can do, I can be resigned to say, Jesus, I've done everything I can do. I want to ask you a question. There are some people here who aren't baptized yet. There's some people here who have not made that commitment. I want to ask you, are you waiting for Jesus to come to make the decision? To make that commitment? Is that what you're waiting for? Are you waiting for the skies to roll back as a scroll? Are you waiting for the trump when it sounds? What exactly are you waiting for? No, I want to ask you a straight up question. What are you waiting for? You're at a standstill in your relationship with God. You're stuck. You're neither going or you're, you're just right there. I want to put that question to somebody today if that's you. If you're saying, Lord, I today want to make a change. I'm inviting you to come on down to the altar. I want to pray with you. Yeah, simple, simple, very simple, very simple. That was easy, wasn't it? Easy request, easy appeal. And if you're here and you're saying, Lord, that's me, I want to take my stand publicly today. I've been taking Bible studies. Here is it. I've been taking Bible studies. Amen, brother. I've been taking Bible studies, and I want to seal it today publicly, working with the Bible workers. Come on to the front. Those who are taking Bible studies, you're made your commitment. Come down. Come down. I want to pray with you this Sabbath, right here, right now. Come on, sister. There you go. Yes. 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 Come on, sister. Yes. Come on. Yes. Can the church say amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. Congratulations. 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 
I'm wondering if there's someone else here you're doing Bible studies because this is what church is about is it not it's not just dressing up and looking fine and smelling sweet coming to be blessed by the music but at the end of the day if you have not made your commitment to Jesus you are smelling sweet and lost you're looking fine but lost so today I'm asking you want to make that commitment to Jesus. I'm pleading. I'm crying out to you. I'm just the messenger. Shoot the messenger. That's okay. But I'm giving you the message. And the message is, I want to take a stand for Jesus today. I'm not going to tell you no lame story about somebody died and blah, blah, and they didn't know. I have lots of those. But you're not going to be scared into the kingdom. Because as soon as you leave the sanctuary, when you go home, you're going to be all right. You're going to forget about the fear and the anxiety. I'm saying today, talking to you, if you'd like to make a decision for Jesus, come on down with me and say yes to Jesus. Is there someone else? Sing, sister. Is there someone else? Abundant life, pray with me. Pray. Bow your heads and pray. Pray quietly and silently. Why are you praying? You're praying for somebody because you know somebody here has not sealed the deal with Jesus. So pray. And while you're praying, the call is still going out. If you haven't made that decision, you're studying, taking Bible studies, and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, come to the front. Now, here's my other call. Maybe you want to say, Jesus, I want a better relationship with you. Is that you? Raise your hand right now. I want to strengthen my relationship with you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that people came down today. Even with a sermon entitled, Keeping Love Alive. Dealing with our families and, oh Father, dealing with the brokenness and the stench in our families. Oh God, it's true. You know the families here that are in deep mess and mire. You know some of them are just hanging on by a thread. But Lord, you've given us the alternative to give it all to you. To surrender our families to you. To submit ourselves to you, oh God. And you promise you promised and you cannot lie that you would make a difference for us. So I give you all abundant life. I give you all the families here. Then Lord, I want to pray for those who raise their hands today. You know the seriousness of their commitment. You know where they are. Be with them, Jesus. Bless their commitment. Strengthen them. And may they seal the deal. Then, Father, there are some who came down today. 
Some of them are going to be in the watery grave of baptism this coming Sabbath. Under 20. Father, be with them, bless them, strengthen their decisions. Oh Lord, put a shield over them. The enemy is mad, he is upset. But Father, we will not fear, for we know you are with us. Thank you, God, for what you have done and what you will do today. We leave the sanctuary as victors, more than conquerors. In Christ Jesus, let the church of God say, Amen. Amen. Amen.